Nick! Hello, Steve! How are you? I'm all right. Guess where we are? Well, I know where we are. I'm sitting here. Oh, yeah. Where are we? We're in a bar. We're in a bar in, in the middle of the day. In Shoreditch. In Shoreditch. I know. I just cycled down Hoxton Road. How Did it bring back old memories? I was just disappointed there weren't as many hipsters as I thought there'd be like there was on Nathan Barley. Oh, right. It's, it's not quite uh, Nathan Barley. No, well, no, no, no. It seemed a bit dirty and yeah. like cheap and there were lots <laughs> of cheap shops. I was quite surprised. But we've, we've got a special edition of the podcast this week. Excellent. Yeah. So one of the best bits about, well, science is, I think, uh, is that we get to come to do to bars and drink in the middle of the day. Well, this is actually the first time that that's <laughs> been part of the job, but yes. So we've got, um, it's, a, it's a special <laughs> special edition about booze. Hey, booze! Bunsen, Dolly, Internal, Why do we need Petri, Oscar, Isaac, Transplanting? We've got a very special guest who's joining us on the podcast today. Have we? Who's that? We've got Hamish Smith. Hello, Hamish. Hello. How are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. So, So introduce yourself, Hamish, to all our listeners. Who are you and why are you here? Hello, listeners. So I'm Hamish Smith and I am the editor of Class Magazine which is a bartender magazine, so um, I spend a lot of my life drinking in bars. Excellent. So, so that's Why haven't I got that job, Steve? It sounds like a pretty good job, I isn't it? I want that job. Normally yeah. I'm sitting in an office. Yeah, so we're, we're kind of, we're podcasting today from Old Street, which is where you can hear the ambulances passing. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a police car. So we've got a special booze edition. So we've got, booze! We've got so, so Hamish, tell us about your, your magazine. What is it and, 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 and why should we care? <laughs> Why should you care? Yeah. That's a good question. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the magazine is aimed at bartenders. Uh-huh. Uh, so we cover all kinds of aspects of bartenders' life. So it could be anything from spirits to cocktails to how to employ staff, how to introduce better practices behind the bar, how to so encourage you, new consumers. So you've got your kind of finger on the pulse for the kind of cool, the coolest Supposedly. innovations happening in the kind of bar world. Supposedly, we, and yeah, and we're pretty much, we're at one. Right, brilliant. We're, we're very lucky to be at Scout today, which yeah. is in, in Old Street. It's a beautiful bar, actually. Really nice and they, place. I think, I mean, the reason we decided to kind of do this was that um, there seems to be quite a lot of people, uh, quite a lot of, kind of uh, lab equipment being taken from the laboratory and into places like this where people are kind of using the things that we would use in our labs but actually to try and make delicious cocktails so it's a bit like you know that bald chef but with drinks like heston yeah so i guess the first thing is uh so hamish do you get to go all over the world and like judge cocktail competitions and things like that I do, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, that's, and that's a job. Kind of what? Well, yeah. <laughs> th- there's a bit of writing as well, and you know, everyone has admin. But yeah, a, a large part of what I do is traveling around the world, uh, judging cocktail so competitions so and, and got, reviewing bars. We've got you an judge e- cocktail competitions. I do. Yeah, oh it's a job. Goodness. Yeah. It, yeah. Do you take into how do you judge that then? I mean, is it just on the taste, or is it the whole thing? And normally, appearance, aroma, taste. Sometimes the garnish as well. How about the whole... And the performance sometimes. Yeah. But less... Not flair, though. Not flair bartending. Oh, right. We're not talking about the kind of bartending... So flair is where Well, I'm air. thinking about, like, Brian Brown and Tom Cruise. Yeah, no. We've moved there. on Because those there. guys were amazing. They were pretty cool. <laughs> in 1984, <laughs> yeah. we'll they were. them in the 80s, I think. <laughs> I think that's where my cocktail knowledge 
starts and ends. Yeah. I well, you are, a lot of people. you are from the black country, though. So that's yeah, we don't like, have them in the black <laughs> country. They're still doing that. Though. A cocktail is like a, a Guinness with a, with a tea Maria in it, I think. So, um, so and that's, that's a, what am I talking about? Guinness with a tea Maria <laughs> in the black country. <laughs> of course I meant snake buying black. So what we thought we'd do, uh, Nick, is Hamish with his, because we've got an expert here, and we're in this lovely place. We're gonna we're gonna taste some cocktails. We're gonna taste three drinks. Right. And you and I have got to try and guess what's in them, and oh then watch us get it wrong. So I'm hope I'm hopeless. I've got the palate of I don't know what. <laughs> Something very unrefined. Does that sound? And you're gonna tell us what we should be tasting and how we should be tasting oh, it. Oh yeah, I'm gonna lead you through it a little bit. Okay. Um, but you know you're gonna have to make some guesses yourself and <laughs> potentially trip up. Oh, this sounds really fun. Yeah. Yeah. So when you're judging them, right. You're sipping them as like a like a wine taster would would sip cocktails. Yeah, I mean you do often hold it up to the light to judge the colour and yeah. the, the clarity of the drink, um, and you take the vessel into consideration perhaps. Yeah, aroma is important. Obviously, I mean you know better yeah. than I about the uh, receptors in your nose as opposed to your mouth. Yeah, yeah. But then yeah, taste. Um, and appearance, and, and sometimes also the way they present it. You know. And is there kind of fads in, in cocktails? Is things that kind Absolutely, of like there's kind yeah. of fashions where something's very very kind of trendy at the moment? Yeah, I think. We so what's big in booze? I, I could give you a quick, very quick timeline. So yeah. kind of in the 70s, 80s, 90s, it's kind of known as the the dark ages of the cocktail. That's where you saw a lot of <laughs> blue Amazing. drinks, and and it was all about colour. And, and that like that's my time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's pretty much your time. <laughs> End of the 90s, Campari you start to see uh, a kind of classic cocktails come back. Right. And at the same time, similar kind of time. So they're the kind of old ones that yeah, are basically just mixing booze together. Pre-prohibition, so right. we're talking about old fashions and uh, martinis. Yeah. They started to come, make a comeback. Right. Um, at the same or a similar time, you had the kind of mixology movement, which is more molecular. And this is probably an evolution of that, what we're about to and drink mix, today. Mixology is one of those words that makes my blood boil. What do you mean molecular? And mixology, what does that mean? Well, okay, so you have molecular gastronomy. Okay. This is the So it's like this version. is where you're coming into the defined, very precisely defined characteristics. It's, it's about the process, how the, it's made. Okay. Yeah. So, so this is an exact, you measure things very exactly, or is it the ingredients? In, in the judging? Or? Well, no, it, it, so you're talking about mixology and molecular cocktails. Yeah. That means... The, the method by which the you method. make them. Okay. Indeed, yeah. yeah. And it, is it to do with getting the volumes correct, or is it something... It's to generally to do with presentation, so oh, that okay. maybe they'd make uh, caviar balls, or they'd use uh, liquid nitrogen, oh, I or see. dry ice. So, uh, it's, kind so of it's not what I would think of as being molecular. No, but I suppose the argument is, is they start to use a lot of the uh, established tools in scientific laboratories oh, to kind of use them in a kind of quantitative way to... To make sure that I suppose you get consistency, right? Is that the idea, I suppose? Is that Yeah, and, and I think just to produce new forms. Right. So well. you're kind of innovating, just yeah, trying to, to find yeah. new flavours and, and, and I think in the early days it was probably more about presentation than it was taste. Right. But now I think ten years on we are starting to see that taste is is the number one. Right. And how does it work? Is there like um is is London leading in the kind of cocktail world? London's up there. Yeah. yeah, so I would say for innovation, London's yeah. number one. Right, in my okay. Opinion. Not Copacabana? <laughs> Copacabana's <laughs> probably down in uh, 195. Oh, so. right, okay. <laughs> no, that's a shame. So what were other big cocktail cities? I presume it's all happening in the cities. That's Yeah, I, th I think... There's not many people like making cocktails in the sheds. Not the, so much, sheds. yeah. Oh, yeah, so it, it differs from the food world a little bit. Right. <clears throat> because 
in the food world, you might have a nice restaurant in the countryside. Right. That doesn't tend to happen so much in the bar world. So it's big cities, creative cities. So mm -hmm. New York, London, Sydney, Melbourne, yeah. right. Tokyo, Where people Paris. have got a lot of money off. Where, where people have got money, income. where people are willing to spend yeah. almost 20 pounds on a drink. So yeah, how much is too much? What's the most you've ever spent on a cocktail, Hamish? Uh, I could tell you the most expensive cocktail I've drunk, which I didn't pay for. Yeah, <laughs> come on. And that was, I think, £25. Okay, that's, oh, that's not crazy. all right. I thought you were going to say £1,000. No, there are drinks like that. But yeah, yeah, I mean, I think the most expensive was in the thousands and it had a cognac from 200 years ago or something. And how, do you how do you feel about that? Like taking really good booze and mixing it with other stuff? It's becoming more and more acceptable. So you're starting right. to see people use single malts in cocktails a right. lot more now. Which you'd never have seen Yeah, five, ten years ago, ago yeah. it was always blends in cocktails. Yeah. Um, so you're starting to see that. And the argument is, why would you not put the best components in your drink? Yeah. yeah. Um, but doesn't it hurt you a little bit when they take a, like a fine... It does hurt me a little Lefroy bit. Yeah, and they pour it. <laughs> yeah, if, it, if it's like an 18-year-old or something. Yeah. See, I, something, hmm. I, I always get a bit annoyed because there's, there's this new like um, gin craze at yeah. the moment, right? And I, I can understand really the whiskey annoyed. thing because with the whiskey... You're drinking it just straight. Often a connoisseur would not even put ice in it. It would just be yeah. maybe a dash of water or something. Gin, you don't drink gin straight, right? Yeah. Or well, few people do. You put a shitload of tonic in it. Yeah. So it doesn't matter what the gin tastes like. It's just what the tonic tastes <laughs> like. I agree surely. to the extent that <laughs> you're better off having a really good tonic than a really good gin, in, in my opinion. Really? Yeah, for sure. Good. Yeah. Right. Well, it's two, two thirds of the drink is tonic. So. I'm vindicated today. Um, yeah. yeah. You, you just you hate um, the intellectualization of, of, of I things, don't like, don't well, you? well you I don't, don't like, know whether this you is going like to go down very well, but I don't, I don't know where we are at the moment. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't generally like over kind of like pretentious kind of over the topness i see i like that i like i see it's, pa it's passion people have thought about my drink I, yeah. I respect that i mean i like the ale thing but that, i think that's just gone right up its own jacksy now <laughs> because like the, the whole ale thing i mean people have been drinking like real ales in britain for years and years and years and now everyone's getting in all of the kind of american you know hopped really really over yeah in my opinion, over, over too much oh, I, I love i love and there's so beer. many of them you don't yeah. need that many beers for god's sake right. it's ridiculous and it's, it's craft now not ale you know people talk yeah, about well yeah i'm yeah. going for a craft i mean i like it from now and then but it's, i think it's just a bit ott yeah so yeah so it's, so it's kind of well we're here We've come all the way here. It's after you just slagged off these very kind people for allowing us well, to come no, into there. No, I'm here. I'm, my, my mind will be changed, I'm sure. Well, maybe we'll change it and finish. we get on with it. Yeah. That's pretty cool, isn't it, Nick? Yeah, cocktails. So what here. we're going to do is we've got three cocktails, and Hamish is going to lead us through them. So do you want? Why don't you? Do you want to start us off with the first one? Okay. And so we'll just, find out a little bit how they're made. Just for all you guys out there listening, so we're in the bar and we've just had a cocktail delivered to us. It's sitting on the table. It's kind of almost brooding on the table in front of me at the moment. It's a it's a very nice 
glass, very curved. There's condensation on the outside of the glass. It looks cool. It looks delicious. It looks flavoursome. It's kind of like a kind of, I would say, I'm going to pick it up now and have a look at it. Oh, sorry. It's kind of almost sort of a peachy kind of colour, would you yeah, agree, Steve? Yeah, I'd agree with peach. Yeah. yeah Maybe salmon. Sam, yeah, yeah, sort of salmon pinkish. Okay. And it's, it's just straight up. It's unadulterated. It's, it's virgin. There's no bits in it. There's no, there's no, no, no cocktail umbrella, which I'm disappointed about. <laughs> and there's no piece of pineapple. That's what Nick thinks. He thinks of a, um, a pina colada when he thinks of a cocktail, isn't that right? Pina colada. <laughs> I think they must have left them out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, strange. so All right. I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to bring this slowly to my lips now. I'm going right. to take a, a medium-sized mouthful. Okay. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Oh, I should smell it first, I think. Yeah. That's the other thing I should do. Is that what we should be doing? Hey, Hamish, walk us through what we should be doing here. Yeah. Okay, so hold it up. Just to the light, just to, I mean, you've kind of already looked at the colour, but yeah, um, it's, sure. it's, it's nice just to see what you're tasting. And then bring it to your nose, open your mouth, and then breathe in through your nose. You get oh, more, wow. more aromas that way. Like, oh, if you listen nice. very quietly, you can hear Nick's mind being blown. <laughs> so it's got a very, I would say it's got quite a subtle smell, this yeah. one has. It's, it's definitely got a fruity edge, a tartness, a uh-huh. citrus kind of... All right, go and try it. But it's also got something else I can't tease. quite place in it as well. Mm. I think you'll find something that Something a little... Almost I think Hamish has made this hard for us. A hint of licorice almost. Hamish has given us the hard stuff, I think, so we're going to get it wrong and look like idiots, Nick. Mm. Oh, that's, that's really nice. Yeah? So, the first thing that comes to my mind is... Sort of a Campari Gibonet type sort of flavour. Bit of a Queen Mother sort of drink. Right. I can imagine the Queen Mother sipping that. <laughs> okay. At, so my at Ascot or something. As she watches so her horse. To me it smells a bit... Oh, he's got a nice kick. Oh, yeah, lovely now. It's warmth It's spreading. like a tangerine or something like oh that. Oh, my kind of God, Steve. That's, that's really nice. Now, remember, all the ingredients here are from the British Isles. So you won't find the ingredients abroad oh really yeah so you won't you won't find citrus at least not in fruit form so these are it's all got, it's got some these are all de facto british cocktails okay oh, that's very right. cool um i smell like almonds of some kind yeah i know what you mean there's there's a slight kind of amaretto-ness about it but amaretto is not pink no well um, we have to we, we have to guess right, what guess so what booze do you reckon's in it um i think it's got a bit of gin in it and I think it may have Dubonnet in it, and I don't know whether that's an English drink, but that's what I'd guess. All right. What do you think? I think it's vodka in it. I don't think it's gin. Can, can I just say, I think you're going along the wrong lines here. Oh you're thinking no. in terms of spirit. Why what? don't you think in terms of flavour? So oh each of these drinks uh, that they're going to serve have a headline ingredient. Well, that's grapefruit then, isn't it? I reckon. Okay. Grapefruit? Yeah, I'll give you that. It's yeah. definitely, it's, sat, yeah. it's quite bitter. It's bitter at the back of your mouth, isn't yeah. it? Like grapefruit would be. Yeah, I'll give you that. I don't know what we'll, else we'll would go, be. We're going for grapefruit. Grapefruit. Okay, shall I read the ingredients? Yeah, go on yeah. then. Okay, what so we the, got? The name of the cocktail yeah. is knotweed. Knotweed. Right. Okay, so are we all familiar with Japanese knotweed? Uh, I think no. it causes hassles for people buying houses. Yes. <laughs> As it did me one time. Yeah, I had to pull out of a house because of this beastly right. weed. Um, so Japanese knotweed, rhubarb. Oh, which probably lends the colour there. Wow. Um, and and sherry. Sherry, that's it. That's no, the old, that's the Queen Mother. So I did have the Queen Mother there. She good. would have a nice sherry, wouldn't she? God, it's good though, isn't it? Oh. Oh. Yeah, it's a very nice drink. Oh. 
not weed. I don't know. Like, so okay. anything so else? I'm interested nothing else. So, so sherry, and what was the other one? Not weed. No, that's the name. Sherry and rhubarb. Sherry, rhubarb, and, and, and not weed. So I would guess, how would you reckon they extract not weed? We'll find out in a second. But I would guess you just kind of, you waz it up, and then I'd probably, because it's not cloudy, it's obviously been separated in some way. So probably maybe distilled. So maybe via a rotavap, I would guess. So I reckon, I reckon you make like a tea. Like probably a infuse it, yeah, yeah, I would guess that. You infuse it, you boil it up, and then you cool it down. And or then just you make pass a, it through. Make a, a cordial, concentrate it somehow. Yeah, interesting. All right, well, we've completely failed on that one. We thought they were a grapefruit, and there's rhubarb in it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Two more drinks. All right, well, let's move on to the next one. Another one. Number two. <clears throat> so we should, we should say like this. Uh, so one of the reasons we're here and one of the reasons that Hamish quite uh, decided to come here, which I think is great, is that these guys really kind of like think about their cocktails and all of their ingredients and things. And so we've just kind of blundered in like a bunch of idiots. But actually what they're doing is kind of thinking about cocktails rather than the taste rather than the booze. Which well, I was just going on about gin and de bonnet, but in actual fact, they're making all these things from scratch. Yeah, we're, we're going to find out about that in a second. I'm, a, I'm an ignorant oaf. Wow. Okay, so... My, Wandered into a delicate land of beauty. <laughs> so I've got, I'm going to try, try the second drink here. So what oh, what here? are you holding, Steve? Well, it's a beautiful... Um, What's uh, that tumbler. in it? There's something in it. There's an ice cube in it with, um, with the logo of the, of the bar in it. Oh, it says yeah. Scout, and there's a really nice font as well. Yeah. It's the same font. So on I've got the this. Door. Is, it's a kind of brown base drink. Brown booze is my favourite colour booze. I'm smelling that. I'm smelling drink number two. So Steve's holding it up to his nose. Careful, you don't get your beard in it, please. There's always a comment about my beard. <laughs> God, this is so hard. <laughs> Come on. It's, it's difficult. Like obviously, Hamish has Hamish has potentially chosen these ones because they're hard, aren't they? It's not a kind of. It's not. I it's not. It's not an obvious. An obvious. I think smell. scent is often. It's it's quite abstract often, scent is. When you smell something, it's not something that immediately evoke. Well, it does evoke sort of feelings, but it doesn't. it's di- often difficult to place it if you can't see what it is at the same time. Yeah, with, without the references. Yeah, without, without the, the signposts, it's really yeah. hard. Yeah. yeah, so this... this um, it smells... It's li- there's not much liquid in there. It smells quite boozy. Um, it smells... I want to say again, it's slightly of almonds again, but like it's not very strong. It's, it's a dip- put very cyanide difficult. in it, maybe. <laughs> I wouldn't put it past them. <laughs> the cyanide and apple pips. Yeah, I always eat the whole of the apple when I have an apple, including the core. But I've never got ill. Come on, Steve. So there's sugar in it. It tastes like it tastes like a really fancy old-fashioned. Is what it tastes. I'm passing it over to Nick now. Okay, so I'm holding it. Oh, look at that! That is a big, big ice cube, isn't it? That is rather fine. That, I, I know what you mean about it being kind of an old sort of a, tastes a bit like an old fashioned. So it's bit, maybe it's bourbon-y. bitters, but it's going to be there's going to be some British ingredient like the rhubarb. Yeah. Okay. But now, now, but now we're just trying what, to be detectives. What, what, so what hedgerow? <laughs> yeah. Hedgehog's hit brew or something. Always yeah. think hedgerow. <laughs> so there Brambles. Three, there are three headline ingredients. So uh, one b- of which bourbon, I think, is one of them. Uh, none of which are a oh, booze. So okay. is it? Is it? Um, hang on. It's embarrassing how bad we are at this. Right, okay, okay what so we got? the number one ingredient is, what the, and, and the drink's name is fig leaf. Oh. Fig. Ooh. Fig leaf. The second mm. ingredient mentioned is fermented gorse flour. Oh, r- well, I would never have guessed that. <laughs> oh, come on. I know what... I- <laughs> 
God. I striding over the south it's a bit like stands, Marmite, picking really. handfuls of gorse, <laughs> stuffing it in my mouth. Delicious. This mm. reminds me of the time I was on the south stands <laughs> eating gorse. Yeah. Um, and the third ingredient is vetiver. Am I pronouncing that right? Yeah, I think so. Um, which what? is a type of grass. Is that right? Yeah. A grass. Vetiver. So vetiver. it's grass. So Hamish, looking at the, the, we've, we're going to meet in a second, but someone's just made these for us, and he's kind of giving us instructions. I'm going to pass it to Hamish to have some, so he can join yeah. in the fun. That is, that is, really, but it is, it's, it's, it's subtle. so hard. It's I mean, subtle. That, I think that one was much more subtle. I think I, think I could have literally been here till the end of time and I wouldn't have got gorse flower no. extract. No. <laughs> 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 All right. Okay. Well, oh that's number two that we failed at. Should we fail at the third one now, Nick? Yeah, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I feel a little bit drunk now. There's another one. So, booze, you know booze has got a lot of calories in? Yeah, it does. Do you know, do you know, you know the term proof? Do you know where that comes from? I don't. Do you know where that comes from, Hamish? You probably do. It's basically your job, isn't it? I think I do, but right. you're going to have to tell the story. Is it to do with burning? If it goes over 100, it spontaneously ignites? Exactly. So, so, so there's, there's calories in booze, right? And when we say calories, we've spoken about this before. A calorie is just a unit of energy, right? Yes. So it's how much, how much energy it requires. If you burnt it, how much, how much, how much could you heat something up? I remember the doing that, that at school off? in a calorimeter. Calorimeter. Which was like a little thing where you set light to things and you measure the increase in temperature. Exactly. So, so the reason, the, the word proof was... a it uh, goes back to essentially kind of like uh, the Wild West, whereby, so, so for something to be 100% proof, it needs about 50% total uh, alcohol content. Mm. And 50% total alcohol content is the concentration at which alcohol will, will light. So if you put a match to it, it'll start burning. So you know when you have like your boozy, uh, like um, uh, brandy butter or whatever, brandy's got a higher uh, alcohol content than 50%, so it catches fire. And what you're seeing there is the energy being released by that. They're, they're the calories in booze but when you, you set still, fire to them. dude, you can still burn whiskey, and that's only 40%. Explain you can't, that. You can't. You can, man. You can't. You can. You can't. You can burn if you take, whiskey. You can, you can, you can ignite that. If you vaporize it and give it a very high surface area, it will burn. But if you just take a 40% whiskey and put a match in it, it won't set fire because it's not 100% proof. So in order to prove that your whiskey wasn't watered down... The idea was that you would set for, that you would put a match, put in a match it. To and it. if it caught on fire, yeah. then there was a hundred percent proof. So that's where the word proof comes from. Exactly. Oh, I wow. think there's a similar story as well with the Royal Navy and rum. Right. Yeah. yeah. So probably a similar time. Yeah. Eighteenth century. Or yeah. Something. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So it's the third the third one that we failed at now. So who's going to have a go on this right. one, Steve? You so or me? Well, do you want to go first? Go, you, on, yeah. go so, on. So okay. So I'm going to describe what. So in front of me, I have. Some a, equally obscure it's like drinks. the Holy Grail. <laughs> it does look like the Holy Grail. It is. It's a Grail-like object. He chose like a, poorly. It's like a shallow, almost... Um, uh, it's not a champagne sauce. <coughs> it's like a small version and a bit deeper than that. A coupe. Yeah. Like a sort of glass What's goblet. What's it called? A coupe, I think. A coupe. A coupe. There we go. We've learned that. So it's like a little... It, looks like, it makes Nick look like a giant. So I'm holding <laughs> it up to the light. Yeah. I would say it has the sort of colour of piss. No offence. Nick, let me but let it's a slightly yellow, yellow colour, straw coloured, I would say, as as some healthy urine would be straw coloured. Right. Yes. So um, it's, it's got. When, it's, when you describe your cocktails for your publication, Hamish, you ever use the word urine coloured? Never. No. Not yet. But um, you can't. You can't. Ideas, you can't really deny that, though. Can you deny that? I, I would deny that that's healthy piss. I would say that's dehydrated. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Moderately on. dehydrated. Get on with it. Okay, so... He's such a tease. Here we go. Okay, so... Um, oh, this has got a very distinctive smell. What the... F- 
Oh my god! I wonder if I'm this not is sure just really I like anno- annoying podcasting as we're like we're just going. Oh, oh my god! Oh, it's weird. Oh, it I could, don't know. This could be very annoying. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> we'll find out. Right. That is a weird. What does smell of? Earthy bodily. F- okay. Sort of smell. So does it smell a bit like urine? I mean, I know I know what that smell is. I mean, that is undeniably honey smell. I right. would say, yeah. And it may be a lemony, lemony curdy honey. Yeah. Okay, I'm going to taste all, all of the drinks have been um, transparent, haven't they? They've all been, there's not been, been cloudy in any way. Here we go, here we go. Well, that is a very well-balanced flavour. Right. And I would say it distributes all of the flavour subgroups <laughs> over the whole expanse of the palate. <laughs> Try a bit more. All right, send it it's over here. It's very smooth. Me I mean, it, it reminds me. It's definitely honey is the uh, the override, the sort of the main flavour that I can detect there. Yeah, that's got. It kind of smells a bit like sweet shops. Sweet what? You know, like when you walk into a sweet shop. Oh, sweet shop. Sorry, oh, I'm getting a nod from from, from <laughs> someone. <laughs> so I'm making the right. Yeah, it smells like. Um, it's a bit lemony. Like the che- no, it smells like cheap, like sugary, like like. Lemon cubes or it lemon bonbons. It, you know what it thinks when you have a locket. You know when you have a locket. Yeah, exactly. Locket, and Honey you and first lemon. bite into the locket. That's the sort of flavour of it. Except it's more pleasant than a locket. Wow. So this one is named asparagus. Ah, that's what mm. it is. Yes. So the totally. piss, the, the, the piss, piss bit. You're on, you're on the money <laughs> yeah. on that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's white asparagus and caramelised white chocolate. Really? So there's no honey in it. No honey. Oh my goodness! I'm really well, surprised. So basic. Did we get any? We got. I would have we, we got, the honey we got bourbon, and that was it. <laughs> Out of all of the ingredients and all of the drinks, we are officially the worst. The taste worst tasters. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll stick to my day job. Right. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go down to the lab because uh, we're upstairs in the kind of cocktail, bit, the bar bit, and we're going to find out exactly how they extract some of these interesting flavors wow. um, to learn a little bit about how um, and what flavors we should be tasting when we didn't and we yeah. just said it just smells nice and smells of honey. Nick. We're in the lab. We've come downstairs into the bar, bowels of the bar. Uh, so for you people out there listening, you can probably hear a lot of background noise. Yeah, it's because we've come downstairs and in the lab and it looks like a lab here. There's lots of machines in here, Steve. We've got, and do you know what? That looks very familiar to me. We've got an, a centrifuge I can see over there, and there's a there's a bookie, a rotary evaporator over there. There's an ultrasonic homogenizer, which yeah. we have in the lab. Oh, we don't have one of those in my lab. Hmm. We've got an ice machine. We've got one of those in our lab too. What are those things with the round bottom flasks? That's a that's a, a rotary evaporator. Oh right, just a, like a freeze dryer type. No, thing. it's not a freeze dryer. It's a rotary evaporator. Okay, what's that, Steve? <laughs> so a rotary evaporator is a way of um, it's essentially a way of distilling something but you do it at a low vapor pressure. So what happens is you don't have to boil. So, so normally when you, when you distill something, you boil a liquid, right? Yeah. But if you reduce the vapor pressure, if you suck the air out, it boils at a lower temperature. And so what you can do is you can distill things at low temperatures without them boiling. So, so we use them all the time in um, a way of concentrating things in organic chemistry. Ah. But they seem to have moved their way um, into, into labs because it's a way of kind of concentrating flavors and distilling flavors. Into, into drinks labs, you mean? Yeah. Anyway, we have... The, we, those, those, those drinks we just tried, we have um, the person that made them for us. Alan's here from, from Scout. Hello, Alan. Hello, good morning. Uh, well, thank you so much for those drinks. They're You're so delicious. Welcome. So what we thought we'd do is have a little bit of discussion over the types of instruments you use down here to make those delicious cocktails. 
and we'll kind of like have a little conversation about where um, where we use them. So, 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 what kind of things do you do down here? So, uh, one of the things like we focus on quite heavily is obviously like we only use seasonal British ingredients. So, right. for us, it's very important to figure out how we can utilize the ingredients when they're in season, so we right. have them for when they're not. Because, for example, like British winters, it's not. Right. It, we're not. No one's going to get excited about a menu of entirely root vegetable drinks. Yeah. So like, you go and get. You go and get the. So, so that was the question. I mean, how do you forage in so central London? Well, actually, you'd be amazed. There's um, there's a kind of a nice little story. The there's a drink on the menu at the moment called Blossom, and it's sort of it's probably the most team worked drink we've had. It's four different blossoms, foraged at five different times by all of the team members of the whole bar. So, so it's as part of your job, you like, you come in on a Monday morning or Monday lunchtime, whatever you guys get in, and then say, right, what you need you to do is go and find some trees. Yeah, it's basically you get in and then you leave again. Right, you just go. <laughs> it's just like, actually don't even bother coming to work. Just go, you're not, coming, you're not welcome, so you've got a bin bag full of yeah, leaves. Yeah, so like, if you don't come in with like a bag of roses, it's just not worth coming in. So you, are you assigned to your own separate type of blossom then? Well, we, uh, yes and no. It was kind of like, a, it was definitely a team effort. Like we picked cherry blossom. So we had that like crazy hot spell like two months back. Oh yeah. Where yeah. for like a week, everything blossomed and then everything died pretty much immediately. So we, I think like two different people grabbed cherry blossom and then we had like maybe a month ago we had false acacia, jasmine and uh, white rose. And this so is just like hanging around in London? It's like, like, yeah, it's public gardens. It's like do you feel overhanging. Like do you feel like a little bit like a thief if you're in the middle of like. Oh things, yeah, yeah. There's definitely so. Um, there's definitely <laughs> been a couple of uh, instances of uh, Josh and Charles have like been chased out of places. <laughs> um, on the plus side, like finishing work at two a.m. basically means that no one's around. So it, it, it works out in our favour there. Wow. Uh, so we. So, so you get your bag of blossom. Yeah. What do you do then? Yeah, that, that for us, it's like a process of figuring out how we can keep all of those flavors and how best to extract the various elements. Amazing. So the cherry blossom was steeped in like a neutral grain spirit for two months. Uh, and then we redistilled it in the rotary evaporators. So it's a neutral grain spirit, like, like vodka or something. It's like, like imagine like imagine vodka that blows your face off. It's oh like, right. It's like 80 percent. Oh you right. Buy, you can buy it at ninety six point six percent, but that just makes the maths really <laughs> difficult. So it's just like really <laughs> strong alcohol. So I suppose that's kind of the blossom thing, then, isn't it, Alan? So you put the blossom in the grain spirit, and then you, you you're expecting to extract some flavor. Yeah. So stuff. over a period of time, we managed to extract the. There's kind of like a, that benzaldehyde note in uh, cherry blossoms the same as like present in uh, almonds and, oh, really? and uh, apricot kernels so it, it's the same flavor it's the i think it's the same compound like one of the strange things about benzaldehyde is it's almost almost all of our interaction with that as a chemical compound is a synthetic version right like we know it as a taste from the synthetic version of it rather than the original version because it's so much cheaper to produce it that right, way okay um so it's actually it's much less pronounced in the real world than yeah. it is when we think of marzipan, for example. Uh -huh. that, the almond extract that gets used in marzipan is a th synthetic benzaldehyde. So all of those blossoms have that. So not all of them, but like you get like you get the aromatic qualities of like jasmine. So we created basically three different distillates of the various blossoms. So we had cherry blossom, we had uh, falsicacia and jasmine. And then with the rose, we wanted to keep the like that oil quality. Mm -hmm. So we actually uh, flash froze it with liquid nitrogen and then basically created a powder with it while it was still frozen so to avoid that like polyphenol oxidases so to avoid that breakdown you get in the cellular structure and that sort of brown stewy flavor which is delicious um we wanted to keep that like to try and 
avoid that and then make it into a syrup at the same time. So this, so is, a, this is a highly complex scientific procedure then. So when you, when you make your distillates or whatever, is your, is your output just taste? How are you deciding? Like, so when you say, okay, we're going to flash freeze our petals and then uh, grind them up, um, like, how do you know you've done it well? You know, so I do you try lots of things and you just tell us the stuff that works? Or you well, know? I mean, yeah, like two years of experience of, of running the lab at Peg and running here. The, there's some some things that you know won't work, and some things that you know will work, oh, and some things. Tell me about the stuff that doesn't work. What's uh, the, what, so what does okay. everyone come in? They think they're gonna. Someone comes in. They're, they, they're the new kid on the block. They yeah. Wanna, they so wanna, they want to. Well, no. This is like it, this is me. You know. So I I tried this. I really wanted to make a fermented walnut, right. uh, so that I could use the walnuts as like a form of miso. I, I don't know what happened, but I've tried it three times, and every time there's, um, it just looks like death. Yeah, uh, it looks just it's it's some kind of grey brain. Yeah, some sort of like vomit death. It's uh. not an appealing thing, and right. uh, I've sort of given that one up for now. How do you know you've done it right? Is it just like you taste anything like that's, that? That that. There's, awesome. I mean, there's a couple of things. Like obviously, we with things like ferments, we don't want to produce methanol for yeah. one thing, um, and so we do. Why not? Yeah, well, I mean, we could sell it to like... Makes the, you feel funny, yeah. fancy blind. <laughs> sell it to the uh, car industry. Um, but so there's certain fruits that have like a higher pectin content. Pectin yeah. X will break down that content or that pectin into like a meth- uh, methanol byproduct. So we'll run like a little distillate of any of the ferments that we do that we're particularly worried about. And if we can distill methanol, then and we'll how, be more how careful do you ch- with how it. How do you check out, how do you check whether you've got methanol in it? So the, one of the nice things about the rotary evaporators is the solvent library allows us to choose whether, what we want to distill. So we can, dis- we can set the water bath, the pressure and the, um, and the chiller temperatures to just distill methanol. So if you leave it running for an hour and you collect results, then you've distilled methanol. And if you don't, you haven't. That's the simple way of doing it. So here's an interesting, like we were talking, you guys were talking earlier when you had uh, drink number three, which was the asparagus, right? That is, uh, part of that is the caramelized white chocolate bourbon. And we say caramelized, but it's technically not. It's a low temp Maillard reaction, reaction, uh, 92 degrees, because the amino acids in the milk react with the sugar in the white chocolate and break down and start to cause that reaction. Right. So it's not caramelized at all, though you can do really slow, low temperature caramelization as I well. Don't, but I don't even know, Alan. I don't, what's caramelization? Well, so caramelization is that, is that breakdown of actual sugar on its own. And it's, but, it's, but what I happens? Guess, oh, I, that I do not know. I think that's so it's sugar, it's sugar to your guys' realm. Yeah, but I mean, we should find this <laughs> out. I mean, but I mean, caramelization is when you kind of heat sugar and it goes a bit, it bur- it's a bit burny. It's yeah. a bit burning. It's a bit burning. It's a, yeah, I like this that is, technical this is side assist, of things. Uh, this is associate <laughs> professor like Nicholas Evans from the University of Stanford. There's like, literally not a like, chemist. There's, there's somewhere I'm in the world. Biologist. Someone who doesn't know anything. Dave McGee is like sitting there going, "What the hell are you talking about?" No, um, so I mean, it's kind of interesting actually. One of the things we found with doing, doing the podcast is that actually asking those basic questions, you need to kind of keep going, and you really do find that actually there's things going on. So I'm sure there'll be a definition of caramelization. Um, you know, Sometimes I imagine it'd be, it would be, carb- it would just be it would be an incomplete combustion that would lead to car- like carbon soot being formed, which would be Yeah, okay. I like the sound of that. I like the sound of that, too. Because that's, that's why it's black. It's, it's a nice, hy- nice it's hypothesis. N- yeah, thanks. It does have like a smoky-ish flavor as it's well. You, yeah. mainly, mainly when you fuck it up. Burn it completely. <laughs> Yeah, Though yeah. that did like that lead, led to one really happy accident in in Peg and Patriot where we would use 
a burnt caramel and a normal caramel as part of our sugar for an old fashioned, wow. which is delicious. And it so just gave it a nice. Sort you just of edge. get this like, yeah, it's kind of like accentuating the woody smokiness. But when things like, I mean, I think Steve was alluding to this a bit earlier on. When you do stuff right and you make a mistake, right? So in science, often some of the greatest discoveries have come through mistakes. And a famous example is like cryopreservation. People didn't know, they, someone just didn't label some tubes and they found that these cells had survived for ages. They didn't know what was in it. They couldn't work it out because no one had labelled the tubes. They knew there was something in it. It turned out it was glycerol, right? But the discovery of glycerol came about just because of a complete accident. But it was only through sort of being able to sort of reverse engineer it that they could work it out. So when things like that happen with cocktail making, you know, because it's a bit of an art, right? You whack it's in, definitely usually some of that. it's a bit of an art. Yeah, is especially to start with. Is it sometimes that you do something that's like, oh shit, I just can't. I've done this and it's amazing, but I can never do it again. <laughs> there are definitely I, times where, where like, there have definitely been times where I have spent more time trying to figure out how to redo something yeah. than I did trying to make it in the first place, which is infuriating. Amazing. Yeah, um, I was talking to well, a guy just the other day. I, was, uh, I, went to, um, I went to a conference in Finland. Right, which I've never been to before. Finland's an awesome place. I've never had a been. really nice time been. there. But he was telling me, like, we, were t- we just got chatting about some um, stuff to do with stem cells found in the bone. And he was saying, like, about eight years ago, he, he just came on this, his student came on this technique where he could just suddenly just make these incredible <laughs> bones. Yeah, it was amazing. It was almost like an incredible discovery he yeah. was on the edge of. And then they tried... The student hadn't written anything down or understood what they'd done or what they'd used. They spent like a year trying to get it to work and then he just had to give up. Oh, my gosh. Because it was just, there were so many possible That's things it could have been that he could never replicate it again. Imagine, imagine the number... Imagine if you happened to you with a cocktail. Yeah. It probably re- has happened. <laughs> it's the I've one just th- forgotten it's, about it's it. It's the one that got away. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, that's probably a good place to finish. Thank you so much, Alan, so for welcome. your um, you for uh, hospitality and your drinks and, your, and letting us go into your lo- wonderful laboratory. It was fantastic, and I love, I've loved everything about finding out what's in the lab, and the best bit was drinking the cocktails. Mm, I should hope so. Amazing. That yeah. is, I guess, the aim at the end of the day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, should we uh, um, uh, have more cocktail? Let's do it. Hooray. All right, cheers, Alan. Fun, Steve. It was good, wasn't it? I feel a little bit inebriated. Yeah. So we, it's it's good. It's good. I, I like to see. I like seeing the lab and all the bits and pieces. Yeah. It's surprising how similar it is. Incredibly similar. <laughs> um, but yeah. So I think uh, I think the first thing we need to do is thank uh, Hamish for for coming in and leading us through this this tumultuous pathway of uh, of cocktails. So mar- mark us out of ten, Hamish. I, I'll give you a solid two out of ten. Oh, solid yeah, two. Yeah, yeah. Both of us. Edge, edging towards a three. So that's one each. I think Steve was possibly a touch better. But oh yes! my it was tight. God. Very, very yes. tight. Pick me, teacher. I'm ever so smart. <laughs> thank I'm you leaving. Much. See thank, you later. Thanks for inviting me down, guys. Yeah, well, thank, thank, thanks for having us. And uh, we'd like to thank Scout as well for having us. It's been an incredible experience. Yeah, and um, Class Magazine. So... Maybe it will hit Wet. a WH Smith near me. I'm, I'm working on it. Yeah. <laughs> so which particular store? Uh, would, would I shop at? Yeah. 
W. H. Smith in in Southampton. Oh right, yeah, yeah. The hospital W. H. Smith. Okay, I'll, I'll uh, arrange sure a delivery. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. We might yeah. not go nationwide, so but I'll, I'll make sure <laughs> I hit that shot. So, if people want to know a little bit more about class and just kind of the drinks uh, industry in general, Hamish, where can they find it? So, well, first of all, um, if they were to email me or look up the website, um, yeah. find my email address, and um, we can always arrange a, a special delivery. Are you on the Twitters? We're, we're, on, we're on the Twitters. Are you the on Instagrams. the Twitters? Okay, good to and know. Yeah, we're, we're, you can find us on social media. We're on every platform. Okay, so that's kind of so. So that's Class Magazine and also Scout in uh, in Old Street. Yeah, uh, great. We should come here and drink and drink their delicious if cocktails. If you're in London, you should definitely come and drop in because it's a, it's. I tell you, it's an experience. What was, what was your favorite? What was your favorite drink? The first one. The first. I, th- I think I like the, the first rhubarb one. one yeah. I, yeah, I think I, I think because I think partly it's the time of day as well. It's like a nice crisp mm. afternoon, mm. delicious. Ooh, lovely. Well, yeah. I mean, <coughs> if people, well, people should know who we are, but if they're not, they can find us on Twitter. I'm Steve the Chemist. I'm the Evans Lab. And uh, thank you. Do you tweet Hamish? Yes. What's your Twitter? Uh, at Hamish S. Smith. Great. Okay. And I don't uh, have a cool name. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, um, let us know on social media what you think, and we'll do it again. Absolutely. All right. See you. Bye. <laughs>